everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body, and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro Power, Power Up. Hoof Power, Power Punch, Emergency Power. Visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. So Gina, I'm so excited. You just came back from the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. That's awesome. In January, you left Michigan, took your daughter and your beautiful horse and went with your trainer to Texas. It was warm, Lynn. It was warm. And honestly, like I saw that usually like that's a world show experience to be in that arena and everything. So it was so fun. And actually, Kevin and I were watching the rodeo every night on television and on the Cowboy Channel. They mentioned that the paint show was going on at the same time. So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Good for you guys. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that. But I'm going to tell you, probably one of the highlights of the show for me was actually running into your friend. <laughs> you did. So Gina, we're so excited to to record this episode and bring it to you. Terry Donsbach is an amazing individual. Terry specializes in performance enhancement counseling, dealing with anxiety-based performance concerns. So Terry is, I mean, all of us that have had, and, and, and I have sons that were athletes and a big part of that being a division one athlete or high school athlete is the mind game that goes along with being that top level athlete or that top level equestrian, or frankly, even somebody that stands up in front of a crowd and, and gives presentations. Terry has spent, you know, 33 years specializing in counseling and then really turning it to performance enhancement counseling. So she has a history as a therapist, a clinical director, a risk director, practice manager, and executive director. She is a licensed clinical social worker with a supervisor status in Texas and Florida. She is certified in traumatology, eye movement desensitization reprocessing, what in the world, trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, critical incident debriefing, and animal-assisted therapy with over 20 years of experience. She she utilizes a person-centered approach facilitating an individual's introspection in identifying the thoughts, feeling, emotions, and how it influences our behavioral and psychological reactions. And that is a mouthful, but when you listen to Gina's conversation with Terry, you will get it. She is an amazing, articulate communicator and completely gets the feelings and the mindset of us as equestrian competitors. And as she says in the interview, it doesn't have to be cutters and Western pleasure exhibitors. It's jumpers. It's anybody who stands up in front of the crowd, the cone, or is heading towards the gate. Absolutely. Let's can't wait to listen. Here we go. 
Hi, Horse Industry Podcast listeners. I am here at the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, and I am so excited because I had the good fortune of running into a woman that I have heard so much about, Terry Donsbach. And what's fantastic about this is that this is an element of the horse industry that so many people don't even think about. And it is, okay, performance enhancing counseling. Correct. Okay. I, I have a girlfriend. Her son is a fantastic baseball player. And this girlfriend and I, we often would run on the weekends together and we chit chat about our kids. And she told me that she hired a coach for her son that helped him when he got ready for his baseball games to kind of get in the right mindset. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't think, I didn't know that was a thing. And I told her, I said, you know, with all the traveling, the pressure, you're standing at that cone in a big coliseum. Why don't we have that? for our horse showing kids. And she's like, well, we do. And what's so, I'm so pumped about Terry today is that I actually get to talk to one of those people and it's you. (laughs) Thank you. How, how did you get to this path? How did you find this, this profession and this journey and this passion? Well, I would say that it's very interesting that if you watch the horse industry, what you see is people worried about what your outfit looks like. Does your saddle pad match your outfit? Does your shoes match the color of your hat? Does like there's all this money and time and effort put into all the outside. But one of the things that I hope that people have recognized during this pandemic is that we have not put any amount of time to our inside. Amazing. And so I have been a counselor for over 33 years, and I've done a lot of trauma work, and I love what I do. And I wouldn't do anything else. I work with police officers, I work with victims, I work with individuals, and I work with a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, one of the things that I've learned is that I'm the one that's honored by watching all the healing. I'm the one who gets everything out of this. They get a little. I hope that continues to be. But truthfully, this is about the joint connection. And when you get that, that's the part that builds you and gives you the resiliency to continue to move on. My family is in the horse industry. I've gotten to travel around the country, luckily. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, whether you're doing, we have friends that have done polo. We have friends that have done jumping. We have people who have done dressage, Western pleasure, English. It doesn't matter what you do, barrels, roping, doesn't matter. Everybody has performance anxiety. Oh, for (laughs) sure. I mean, they make that first call or the second, or they call your number because you're on deck. And no matter what you tell yourself in your head, your heart is beating so loud. You swear anybody can hear it. Well, and here's the problem. Take a trail pattern. You do a bobble in the first 10 seconds. Where's your head? Out the door. It's back in that bobble. Mm -hmm. It's not on the next maneuver or the next maneuver. And this is about being able to get your head straight with your heart and your physical knowledge of where you're supposed to be to go back on track. How do you do that? Well, a lot of it has to do with the way the brain stores memory. Some of it is preparing yourself to think differently. So we have things called cognitive distortions, kind of all or nothing thinking. Mm -hmm. I ruined this one thing. The whole thing's a disaster. Yeah. And I'm going to consider it a disaster when it's really not. It's 
these percentage points on that particular bobble. It's not necessarily the entire trail pattern and the entire run. Right. And each one builds on the next one. You're not going to win everything. You're not going to lose everything. And it's like it's an all or nothing type of thinking. And we have to help people learn to restructure their thinking and their body and their emotions will follow. Amazing. When you work with kids that are showing horses, do you find that the younger the kid or the older the kid is more of a challenge? I mean, are, are younger kids, e- are they easier? Is it easier to convince them or, or train them? Or I don't even know what the word is. Their brain is more palatable to a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, the pressure gets harder. And you have, so what I teach everyone is under the age of 10, you have four feelings, happy, sad, mad, scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. They don't have embarrassed, jealous, shame, worry. That's not, you get the basics. Yeah. Okay. And as you get to that 11 through 13, all of a sudden your brain opens up and you get flooded with different kinds of emotions that you may not necessarily know what to do with, mm-hmm. especially when you get more than one at a time and in trying to assist them to actually pull them apart identify this is not logical or reasonable. This is not really true, even though I'm thinking it. It's being able to take it apart, just like you take apart a pattern. And you take it one thing at a time. So that's your advice. So as a kid's looking down the barrel at a showmanship pattern or an equitation pattern, horsemanship trail, they know they have to execute it. They've got all these different elements. Walk me through how you would walk a child through that. So part of what I do is I spend a lot of time with what I call a future template. Mm -hmm. So you're in the barn at your home or at your trainers Mm -hmm. and you're comfortable and you get it Mm -hmm. and it becomes muscle memory and you and your horse are one. Those are the places you're confident. That's when you decide to go to a horse show. Okay. Or a competition of whichever one. And in doing that, you get out of here, you get out of your element, your sleep pattern's different, your eating pattern's different, everything changes. And you have to help get their brain back to my safe place. Got it. Okay. And when you do that, the other major part of this for me is all the pressure to win. You lose why you did this to begin with. And you have to put that back in the forefront of your brain of this is me and my best friend. I'm out here because I love this animal, this competition, this particular whatever their love is. And you can't lose that. And you lose that in that anxiety. Mm -hmm. So you have to help create that future template of what it's going to look like. What's going to happen when I have a bobble or something's going to go wrong or my horse trips or they just decide today's not the day (laughs) (laughs) because we've all had it and it isn't pretty. Oh, for sure. But if that ends up being the all end all be all, that's tremendous because your future is what you see is that over and over again. No, you need to get back to that safe place. You need to be able to take those whatever mistakes, Mm -hmm. and be able to put them in a box and get back to where you want to focus. So are you saying that when those kids are at this big show and they're getting ready, they got their fancy show clothes on and their horse is all polished and they're at that cone, that mentally that they're envisioning being back in that safe place? I sure hope so. Okay. So they're kind of like, I am at the barn. This is just my regular practice. Look at how the trainers do where they ask kids to close their eyes Mm -hmm. and just feel their animal. Mm -hmm. 
I'm asking you to do the same thing with your brain. Mm-hmm. It's you and them, and that's it. That's it. You can't consider the announcer and the lights and the big whatever. How many people don't go home and put on all the fancy clothes and you're not in your most comfortable boots and you're not in your favorite jeans and you're not, and then you're supposed to feel the same comfort level. Like that's illogical. We wouldn't ask that when you're going to stand up and do a speech somewhere and you have to put on a suit Mm -hmm. and your favorite thing is your, you know, jeans and your boots. Yeah. Why were we asking kids to do the same thing or adults for that matter to do the same thing and feel the same? Yeah. And that's how they can kind of envision themselves being Mm -hmm. successful in a pattern. And if you're not, also part of this is about working around your thinking pattern of, is it a disaster? Or is it, didn't go the way I want, but here's what I'll do next time. Mm -hmm. Here's what I learned that I'll never have to relearn. Right. It's so hard because the pressure that comes from either a trainer or a parent or inside yourself is so bad to change what's really important that you've got to have somebody go, wait a minute, what's important? And I want to help them find what's important. Okay, so talk to me a little bit about kids watching other kids in the show pen. Like when my daughter's out there and she's she's lined up on the wall or she's she's four to go, she's watching the four patterns ahead of, the, of herself, mm-hmm. and she's watching the other kids, or she's watching the other mm-hmm. exhibitors. And this can go for amateurs as well. You're watching your competition. What advice do you give people when they're watching their competition? Because we all compare ourselves to that person. Should they compare themselves? Should they not? I mean, eventually, you're, you have to acknowledge that you're in competition. But the truth is, your biggest competition should be you the last time you rode your horse. So we tell this to kids. The Mm -hmm. only person that you're competing against out there is yourself. And yet, it's just second nature to go, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, that person's circle wasn't quite the right size. And, oops, she stepped out of her pivot. And so if I don't... But is it about the child or amateur, Mm -hmm. for that matter? Yeah. Or is it about the team connecting? Right. So I'm always back to, you're focusing on somebody else. You're not focusing on your own connection. Exactly. And that's where the loss happens. Just like I'm not in my favorite boots and jeans, mm-hmm. and now I'm in all this uncomfortable clothes, and I'm supposed to be sitting here so stiff. And, mm-hmm. and that's not where my comfort comes in. How can you have that in the other space? How can I be me and my horse out there and that be enough? Yeah. And you have to talk that out until you actually have buy-in. Because without that buy-in, they are their own saboteur in their head. Right. And so we have to, it's mind conquer all in anxiety. Okay. That makes sense. So as you work with these competitors, how does the parent, how does the trainer, all the different people that get that person into the show pen, how does that, where do you see the positives and the challenges? So sometimes you have to work with the entire family, and in doing so, part of the reason is because if one particular person brings on the most stress, I had a young lady who completely had a, in her eyes, a terrible ride, came out, cried, got into a fight with a family member, sitting in the in the pen for the next class was, you just knew the whole day was gone. Yeah. I sat out there for 20 minutes and said different approaches. And different talk Mm -hmm. and different way to think about her life. 
And she went in and won her next class. Wow. So to do that, you have to stop thinking or feeling what someone else believes. Mm -hmm. If your pressure is you have to win in order to earn the right to have this much money in our hobby or whatever, you're an, I'm never going to win over that. Right. So you have to have, I do everything from a keyword mm -hmm. that you can say on the railing to somebody mm -hmm. to help their brain be somewhere else. Mm -hmm. To, you know, because usually what do you hear at the railing? Mm -hmm. Do this. Don't do that. Leg, Stop leg. It. Go to yeah. the center. Right. <laughs> exactly. You need more leg. More leg. More leg. More leg. Exactly. <laughs> oh, wait. Put your hand more down. leg. Yeah. Scoop to the side. Move over. <laughs> Go around them. You know, everything you can possibly hear. You don't ever hear a keyword. Oh. Give me an example. Like, what kind of a keyword would you use on a child that... I don't ever pick a keyword. They pick their own. They pick their own. Mm -hmm. That helps them. Because yeah. they, they own it then. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be completely enveloping for them. It okay. can't be mine. And it puts them in the place that they need to be. I don't have the magic dust. Never will, never have. But I'll help you find your own. Yeah. And that's what's supposed to happen. How long does it take to work with a child or a competitor or an amateur? The relationships that you build take place over a very long period of time, I would assume. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, how long have you worked with certain clients or? Sometimes on and off for years. Okay. Awesome. Sometimes it's at a horse show. Yeah. It's, it could it be. It just depends. Just, it can just. It depends on how easily someone trusts. Mm -hmm. It depends on how easy they are to be willing to try something new how much pressure they feel and is legitimate versus how much they put on themselves. All those things are huge factors in determining what I need, whether it's going to work or not, or whether you need longer term. My daughter, Lila is, she's in the novice and she is a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. So she, she shows she's worried about what I think or mm -hmm. what her trainer, Heather thinks about her go. And I try to convince her that as long as she tries her very, very best, I don't care if she completely forgets her pattern or, you know, bobbles something on the rail. Because I know when she goes out there, it's genuine. She is, she doesn't go out there to try to mess up. Of course not. Yeah. She's going out there to do the very best that she can. And so how do you get a child, I guess, to go in their own space to decide that what other people think, I mean, Sometimes it's coming up with a mantra between them and their mom. Got it. I I want you not to watch this. We're going to watch it later together. Can you as a mom love her enough to not go and add pressure? I try. And, I try. And other times it's I'm going to be there and I'm going to be your biggest fan no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever the mantra is that you come up with together to say the only thing good about this is you walk out together, you and your horse. That's awesome. You tried your best. I'm the most proud of you for that. Is there ever a time when a parent, a mother, should put pressure on a child? Like, this is the yes. world show. Yes. Okay. But I would say that it's how you do it and you do it calculatedly with the rest of your team. There isn't a child, an amateur, a human being that comes to this horse show that is alone. Right. This is a social hobby. Yes. And it doesn't matter whether you're a roper, a barrel racer. It does not matter what you do. This is not an individual event. Right. Okay. And so it's about making a plan with your team mm -hmm. and then executing it. I had a young man who his horse really scared him. Oh. 
And he was like, I'm never getting on again. Okay. And he has some challenges and he's the coolest kid ever because he thinks things differently. And we talked about that. And I said, you gotta let that horse get one over on you. You know, really? Cause I've never seen you do it at home in the arena. <laughs> and, and he's like, well, that's not fair. Cause he does it. I said, so he's figured out he could do that here. Now it's time to go. I don't think so. Right. And so some of this is about conquering things. And isn't that what we're teaching our kids to do for the rest of their life? Mm-hmm. This is just one event in the real part of life. I think the greatest lessons can be learned living this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And you talk about that team piece. You know, I work in higher ed. I have Mm -hmm. classes where I, my students work in teams and we do that. That's a learning outcome thing. Not just a, I think I'm going to have you work on a team today just to make you irritated students, right? (laughs) Because nobody, everybody hates working in groups, but we do something called in most of my classes called a team contract. Do you ever, would you ever suggest that a team in this horse industry, you know, the exhibitor, the parent, the trainer, have you ever seen something like that put into place? Look at some of these trainers that have multiple kids in the same divisions. Yes. Our trainer does. What's the best thing about that? The camaraderie. Yeah. The fact that they're being taught in sportsmanship of today's your day and tomorrow's my day and that both are okay. If you had a really horrible day, somebody on your team goes, you'll be fine tomorrow. We're going to get, get them tomorrow. And that's the kind of thing we're trying to teach about life. Mm -hmm. This is just a small event in life. That's really how you're going to approach everything. Mm -hmm. So I think that the trainers that are the most successful are the ones who teach them, no, you don't get to be mad when your teammate won and you didn't. Okay? No, you don't get to go and pout. Mm -hmm. No, you're not going to walk away. We're going to do this again. And that when the kids watch somebody have a hard time, they're more support than even the trainer or the mom and dad. Because they're the one who says... I had that last week <laughs> and guess what? This stinks. And I'm, I, this is how I got out of it. And as soon as they start realizing I'm not the only one, that's the real world too. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you've ever seen the memes that talk about all the lessons that we teach our kids, it's not, you know, the horse lesson that you had, these are all the real lessons. Yes. That's the fact here. And that's really the same about what you do about teaching people. Their thinking patterns might be aligned a little differently to enjoy this again. So when you talk, let's go back to that thinking pattern thing. I would think that different exhibitors need different thinking patterns. Oh, sure. Okay. So talk to me a little bit about the different types of thinking patterns. Well, think about this. If you have a novice Mm -hmm. and they're just wanting to get through the pattern, Mm -hmm. you have one type of thinking that's going to happen. Sure. What do you do with the 14 to 18 that's been doing it since they were five and now it's about circuit champion for the year? Yeah. It's a really different pressure. And is it the end-all, be-all? Well, maybe not. Maybe it's whether or not I'm going to get a college scholarship. Right. Okay, so it, it you have to look at what the pressures are and each person's normal way uh, through their personality and their the way they ride, the way they practice, all of that, and work within their own patterns mm-hmm. to try to decide what works best for them. Some people need to get here at 2 in the morning and ride in the arena alone and have that time where other people are like, I need to get on and go. I can't have to overthink it. 
You've got to work with whatever that particular person needs mm-hmm. and work within that. And marry the, the exhibitor and the horse because the mm-hmm. horse has its own needs too. And that's kind of what's really unique about what we do mm-hmm. is that it's the teamwork between, well, the whole team getting somebody in the pen. Right. And it's, but the horse teams with the exhibitor. Yes. And a lot of times that's a child that is still maturing and trying to gain wisdom and comfort and everything. So the other thing that you have to teach is for them to understand that what you're feeling up here in your head or in your shoulders, your horse is feeling through your legs. And so you guys are putting between you from a neurological standpoint, you're actually giving energy or getting energy. So if a horse is scared, you're scared. Mm-hmm. If a horse is a little squirrely, mm-hmm. we all had it, mm-hmm. you know, a little frisky mm-hmm. or whatever, then you're going to have a piece of that. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have that sink that you have in other ways. You got to work with it. Mm-hmm. You can't go up against the wave and think you're going to stop it. You have to work with it. What is the most rewarding experience that you've ever had with an exhibitor? Or are there just too many to to count. To me, it's about healing. When you walk away and said, this is fun again. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything better than that. Because yes, the lessons all come and go. But if you can't say, I have thoroughly enjoyed this, in the end, you go home exhausted. Mm-hmm. Everybody's tired, yeah. wore out. Dirty, poor, exhausted, <laughs> exactly. dirty. Yeah. And, and okay, I've got some ribbons or I've got a buckle. But in the end, what else did you learn? Like what conversations happen before and after? Those are the things that give you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And I hope that it's a lesson that goes with sometimes entire barns, but in de- definitely the entire teams. What advice would you give a parent, a trainer? And I know we've talked a little bit about it, but if, if you had a sentence or a phrase or anything for any type of person who's, just, I mean, we're in January. I mean, we're in January we're at the stock show. The season is starting. We're looking down 2022. You have to enjoy it. You know, what, what kind of advice do you give somebody as they're looking at an entire season of horse showing? I think it's more, everybody's is a little different. Good. Yeah. But I also think we're in this for doing good things for good people. Yeah. And that's my mantra for the year. Yes. Good things for good people. It always warms my heart that so many of us go from show to show to show and we're competing against the different barns and this, you know, a lot of the same exhibitors can be at the same shows yet when push comes to shove, if somebody forgot their wither pad or somebody needs, you know, the hoof black, we don't have it. Yep. The trainers, the barns, the exhibitors, everybody really kind of pitches in and helps each other. I watched a, a class at one of the other world shows uh-huh. that a young girl's piece of equipment broke mm-hmm. and the judge was kicking her out. Oh, and the trainers were like, that's not fair. And it wasn't her trainer. Mm-hmm. They ran to the barn and got their own stuff. And said, we're holding our kids out until everybody's in. That's pretty special. That's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. When we lose that, we lose everything. Yeah. And it's supposed to be, can I get something out of this emotionally, physically, spiritually, every piece of it? We can't leave those pieces out. Terry, were you not the mental health professional of the year in the state of Texas? Is this true? It's true. It's true. (laughs) 
Wow. I mean, what, what a huge, huge accomplishment, compliment. It says so much about what you've done for others. I think that I was lucky because of the team that I'm a part of, because again, teams, everything, but I also believe that putting forth a lot of effort and that's what I see in the horse industry in general is what makes this better and bigger and more important to teach our children. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way about helping people feel better about themselves. Well, and you certainly have a talent. I mean, I've heard such amazing things about you from so, so many people. And so how do you, how would somebody get in contact with you? Let's say that they have a child, they, they just want to spend, I mean, how do you structure what you do? Is it, let me sit down with you and talk for 10 minutes. Let me work with you. How, how do you do that? Usually it's people that know I'm at a particular show or because I have a counseling, uh, office Mm -hmm. in Tioga, Texas. Okay. And I work with folks for all kinds of things, not just horses. Right. And because my family does horses also, Mm -hmm. I'm around the country when I'm lucky enough to get to go with. Right. And a lot of the barns that know that I do this, sometimes it's just word of mouth more Uh than anything. But with 2D counseling, I'm hoping that that side of it gets bigger because I really love this side very much Mm -hmm. and want to see that part grow because I get to see good things for good people. Well, it marries a couple passions. It Mm -hmm. marries your mental health passion Mm -hmm. and it marries the passion for the horse industry. Absolutely. Do you see the field growing? Are there others out in the horse industry doing what you do? It's, you know, and again, when we started this, I shared the fact that a girlfriend of mine's son, Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like this is very, a common approach. You know, I've, I've talked to different people and they talk about the different pieces that kind of get everybody into the show pen. Right. This is a piece that is so critically important because as you shared when we started this, you can have the perfect pad matching the perfect shirt on the expensive saddle. You put that kid on that horse, you put them at the cone. And as a parent, you cross your fingers and hold your breath and hope that they, number one, remember the stupid pattern. (laughs) Number two, if they do remember the pattern, they don't have any major faults. And number three, you pray that at the end of the day, they've had fun. And I try, you know, as a parent, so many of us understand the importance of, is the child growing as a person? Are they learning? It's not about the win or the placing. Yet, we do this to compete. So it's a little bit of an oxymoron. It absolutely is. Balancing that desire to get the high point, to get the all around, and yet also have that child have fun, but then also holding them responsible for their own success. Again, are you competing against someone else to win that high point? Are you competing against yourself because you hadn't gotten it in the past? Right. Or I want my score to be five points higher or that I want to get through with three less faults. Like, where's your thinking to go at this to be able to get both? And, you know, when you look at other places, there is sports psychology degrees at this point mm-hmm. because they've started to learn in golf, in Olympics, in swimming, in whatever, that sometimes we've got to do the mind over matter part. Mm-hmm. And people talk about it, but it's kind of out there. There's not a whole lot of what to do once you heard it. Yeah, I need my head around it, but I'm not quite sure how to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are being a lot. And we've also, one of the things that I don't think people realize is we have known so little of a very complex brain. Yes. And that has grown in the last 10 years tenfold. Mm -hmm. 
And as we've learned how we store memory and how we have emotions and where the alarm bell in the brain is and all of these different pieces, I teach those parts to kids and adults. Mm -hmm. And if they understand, they know what's happening, then they can make different decisions. When you don't know what's happening, you have a panic attack or you avoid and you run and you go, I'm not doing this or whatever that their poor coping ends up being. Mm -hmm. But this is a way to go, I know what's happening. Terry's told me this happens. I'm not going to let this happen to me. Mm-hmm. I can do something about this. Mm-hmm. You have to forewarn them and forearm them for them to use the knowledge oh, and the power that. of their own. It, getting it them self control. Yeah. I love this. I, I am, Terry, I am so grateful that you sat down with me today. This is such a fascinating field. I have so many questions, but you are a busy lady, so I'm <laughs> going to let you go. But thank you so much for sitting down. I wish you all the luck. I can't wait to schedule a time where you can sit and talk to my child because <laughs> I know when she gets at that cone and she draws a blank, I don't know how to help her. You know, mm. I'm a mom. I have my own skill sets. I have my own career. Sure. We all come to this, but it's someone like you that kind of helps her get into that zone that I think is going to be so helpful. I think the one thing to really remind people of is you don't get to be the objective party. Yes. You come in with your own thoughts, your own emotions. You're invested in a way different way. Mm -hmm. I get to be an objective party when I walk in the door. That's nice. And it's it's very different. It's why your trainer can say things to your kids that you can't, or you can say things that your trainer can't. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm fascinating. You are definitely somebody that we're going to follow up with because I'm going to get, I have so many questions that I know our listeners are going to have questions too. Such an important topic. In fact, when we hang up here or when we turn the mics off, I'm going to give you a giant hug. So I love it. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love it. Tell Lynn we missed her. I will. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.